Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just like that. Final hours here, Tuesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow here at Outkick.com. You can head over to the Watch tab there each and every day, Outkick.com. Click on the Watch tab and you get all of the shows streaming live and the full shows on demand. Scroll over to your show, hit Watch More. All the shows are right there at the bottom of the screen, streaming live each day, Outkick.com slash watch. We start at 3 p.m. Central now, 4 p.m. Eastern. Something else we should probably say. Oh, that's right, yes. I get asked that every day. Final hour. You guys on? You guys not on right now? Not on? Nope. 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Chad, uh, we, may, we may have a conclusion in our, with, within reach for Jim Harbaugh and making a decision on what he's going to do. Uh, Armando Salguero uh, from Outkick with uh, some great detail here on just uh, through a source who would not discuss actual numbers, but Armando writes at Outkick.com, Jim Harbaugh is going to be paid more than at Michigan, where the offer is $12.5 million per year. Uh, that's the reported offer by the university. Harbaugh is going to get less than the $18 million per season that was initially discussed when talks between the Chargers and Harbaugh's agent Don Yee picked up steam. This according to a source that Armando spoke with. $18 million per season is around the neighborhood of what Sean Payton is getting from Denver on his current five-year contract. And I wonder what Denver was offering Harbaugh last year. Um, but this is more about control. This is more about location, quarterback, and much more. And he's bringing a reported uh, Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator at Michigan with him. His son, Jay, who's the special teams coach at Michigan, will be reportedly going with him to Los Angeles. And he's about to be the head coach of a franchise where he was the quarterback. I do love that. Not going to discuss numbers, but I'll say it's north of 12.5, less than 18, somewhere in that range. And um, which is, which is and great for, for Harbaugh. He says, hey, there, there's always a possible snag that could come up. But what we know is the money between Harbaugh and the Chargers has been agreed to. That's through Armando's sourcing. Um, the other reports indicate that what they're doing now is just getting down the, the, the detail of who's going to be the general manager and what's the staff look like? What's the makeup of the analytics department? How much of the finances will be devoted to what Harbaugh is going to be put together, uh, putting together with his staff? We already know where the money's allocated on the roster. And Harbaugh's about to be the uh, next head coach of the Chargers and be coaching Justin Herbert, who everyone in this hiring cycle will be coveting to coach. Currently. Well, and you, you mentioned Sean Payton making that $18 million reportedly with the Broncos. That's now their divisional competition. Yep. And what are the Broncos going to do at quarterback? Are, are they going back to Russell Wilson? Are they doing something else with the way things ended this last season with him? A lot of question marks around that division now. Antonio Pierce getting elevated with, with the Raiders. Not a lot of question marks around the Chiefs, though. Not a lot of questions with them moving forward. Um, this is the one Harbaugh, though, we all could have circled and said this makes the most sense for a guy known as someone who's great with quarterbacks to land in the spot with the best young quarterback situation. That's the Chargers. And it's been a, it's nearly been a foregone conclusion since the job came open. Even before that, he was being mentioned. Do you think there. the Spanos family came back to Don Yee and said, we don't own Walmart, so we're not going to go to $18 I million? Don't, I don't know. The what, way the Broncos did with Sean Payton, we, this is where we can go? I do. I mean, the, the whole saga, it's, I don't know if we're going to go saga. The whole saga all season was Michigan. Uh, but the back and forth is interesting to me because we've seen this the last two years with him because he talked with the Minnesota Vikings. Then last year it was the Denver Broncos. Now it's been the Chargers, but it's also been Atlanta where he's interviewed for a second time. And you also have the Chargers who have interviewed eight candidates throughout this entire process. That would indicate to me that you don't really know for sure if the guy is going to make the jump from college to pro. You're not really sure what 
demands are going to be met from your end that are going to indicate sooner rather than later that he's going to be your next head coach. He's been the priority. I wonder how obvious he's made it. I or, guess, or is I, everything else just a leverage play? You want to do something that shows that you've done your due diligence. I understand that. Even if you're, inter- you know, you interview a lot of people to say, hey, we're kicking up rocks, looking underneath them, seeing what we can find and making sure that we're making the right decision. But I always just assumed the teams that would be in the Belichick Harbaugh market were separate of in and of themselves, and they would go right after one of those guys. Then there's every other team that's going to hire from, from everyone else. The Titans were a good example. The Titans were never going to talk to Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. Why? Because they want to run things. They don't want the coach to run things. So they go and hire 39-year-old Brian Callahan. That made sense for the Titans and what they were looking for. I just thought that the teams that it made sense for Harbaugh or Belichick would just go get them. Going through the Rooney rules and hiring practices and everything else, but they would know from the beginning they want one of those two guys. And apparently that's not the case, especially now given the Falcons in – I don't know what you'd call their status right now with the head coaching search. Well, let me just quickly run through who they've talked with because it is a long list. It it, it started with just a a short name. That was Bill Belichick. That was just one name on the list. Then the Harbaugh. uh, Then about a week into it, what Mike Vrabel was mentioned. And he's reportedly going to interview with them later this week. But Chad, the... The NFL head coaching search here. So let me scroll down to Atlanta, where you know they're, the names that they're battling on, you know, potentially interviewing. Some of them have already been hired, like Brian Callahan, who's on their list. Uh, but they're also interviewing the same candidates that Washington and Carolina are looking at. Mike Vrabel. They have Steve Wilkes, Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald, Aaron Glenn, Brian Johnson, Raheem Morris, Joe Brady. Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, and then they also spoke with Brian Callahan and Antonio Pierce. The, uh, the, I get not a rumor. The report is that if it's not Belichick, if it's not Brady, or it's not Brady, if it's not Vrabel, or if it's not Harbaugh in Atlanta, there's a sentiment that it could be Raheem Morris, the former Buccaneers head coach, who has been in Los Angeles as the DC with John McVay that he could be coming in for a second interview soon with the Falcons. Again, I think I, that I, is the reason know. why the Belichick thing seems to be a bit odd and off. It, it is odd. And we don't know what Belichick and or Vrabel are asking for. We know what Belichick has received in the past, which is carte blanche to run everything and do everything on the football side. It seems that Mike Vrabel was asking for a leverage play to get closer to that in Tennessee, Whether the, even if that's not him necessarily being coach and GM. Right. But he was trying to get that, and Amy Adams-Trump called him out on his bluff and said, no, we're not going to do that. You're fired. And now he's out looking for another job. Is he playing that same deal everywhere? I, I don't know. But that's, to me, the only thing that could be stopping this is what are those guys telling the teams, especially with Belichick? I mean, I think you know what you're hiring with Belichick at this point. Maybe he's adamant that he has to run the general manager side of it. But every or, report that we've heard is that he would be open to not doing that anymore and just yeah, being the coach. But Belichick deserves at this stage, it, it, you don't have to be the general manager. But you need to be able to say, like, this is this is where I'm going. I'm this version of a coach. I'm doing this. There's Rich McKay and uh, it, you've got the uh, Terry Fontenot in the front office, are they in that same mindset? I think that's also part of it because, you know, one, I mean, while I'm sure it was great, one chat on a yacht in the Virgin Islands with Arthur Blank isn't going to solve that or give you that answer. I think it's more about diving into that and answering the big question. What are they going to do at quarterback? Because they don't have that. If it's free agent, who are you bringing in Kirk Cousins? Are you trading? Are you trying to trade for Justin Fields? Are you trying to move up and draft a quarterback? Why do you want Bill Belichick there to lead you across to the other side of of the river? Because right now, they're in this purgatory where they win just enough games to kind of draft mid-tier of the draft. They've got a top 10 pick this year, but is that going to be enough to actually invest in quarterback? They've passed on those picks. 
in the past. And look, it may end up being just what we expected. Harbaugh looks like he's going to get the Chargers job, just not yep. official yet. And maybe it's Belichick in Atlanta. The entire time. And I'm I sure. understand that Bill Belichick is at least going to go with the old Bill Parcells line, his former boss, of saying, you know, if you want me to cook the meal and all we're all going to eat, I need to go shop for the groceries also and do that. There's going to be some element of that. But if you're talking to Bill Belichick, don't you know that going in? You would think that so. even if there's a general manager by title, hey, he's going to have a pretty heavy-handed say in how he wants the organization run from a personnel standpoint and also who the team drafts, who they sign in free agency. That seems like a no-brainer to me, that teams would know that going in. Once the uh, news is official, officially official, with Harbaugh, we'll relay it here if it happens within the next uh, hour or so. But also, I mean, how soon after it is official – with Los Angeles that Harbaugh is going back to the NFL that Sharon Moore has just named new head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, your reigning national if championship. If they don't do that, I think that would be the, one of the dumbest things ever. Now, no, what, do they know that Brian Kelly wants it? But, right. And, and they're just going to go hire him? Okay. But, again, if I'm Michigan, I'm fresh off a national title. Recruiting's going well. I know you're going to lose a lot from this team. I'm sticking with what what got you there and hoping that the NCAA shows some mercy in whatever's to come with Harbaugh no longer around. Well, and also, too, Chad, I mean, it's you made the comparison to uh, Rodgers and uh, Packers, and I, I mentioned like it feels like that saga every single year. Uh, this would also be in that same category where you just go and elevate from within. It worked out okay. Green Bay was able to get in the postseason. I like that our team here went ahead and put it on the board. They're ready to announce it. Chargers. This is like when you call the uh, the election too early. Yeah, we're ready to call Delaware 1% for the of Republicans right now, and we're going to go ahead and say it, guys. Jim Harbaugh, we're going to report to the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> as head coach. There you have it, right here on Hot Mike Outkick, Hot Mike, Hot Mike Outkick. Not sure which. I'll just say Hot Mike. You heard it here first, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. How about well, that? And let's just uh, let's read it. And you from heard from Armando Salguero from a source that does not want to give prices. But it is north of 12.5 and less than 18. Let me give you, let me give you a little heat map to. here and tell you about where it's going to be. More than 12.5, less than 18. And we can guess what that number is. Maybe he has... Uh, Could be 13.2. Maybe he has immunity. Could be 16.8. You decide. The, ba- the, the uh, buyout. That's what he re- reported. Don Yee went back to Michigan and said, we want immunity. America decides on this show. That's right. America decides right now. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. And let's go ahead and make it official. Bill Belichick to the Falcons, too. Let's put that up there, too, next. Let's go ahead and start eliminating these jobs left and right. We should do this like this Super Bowl that's been thrown out on TV. It's already, already yeah. been done. We should just go ahead and say what who's going to get every job and then put it out there now and just see if it's true a week and a half from now. So where would you go? So uh, uh, The job that I wouldn't want of all these is Carolina. Uh, they have a long list. They finally have hired their GM. Uh <laughs> But I'd go Ben Johnson Commanders. If okay. I'm just if I'm just throwing names on the board of, of where someone's going, I'm going to go Dave Canales to the Carolina Panthers. Oh wow, okay. See, Dave Bobby Canales Slowick, the Panthers I think is from there. I'm going to go Carolina. Mike Frable Seahawks. I, I think that's it. I think we're done now. That's it. That's that's our that's our board. That's our big board. Vrabel Seahawks, Ben Johnson Commanders, Belichick to the Falcons. Canales to the Panthers. So you, uh, if that comes true, I will retire. Well, uh, right here, the Panthers have uh, actually. I don't have enough money to retire. Dave Canales, who over the last two years has coached Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Here's the Panthers: Ben Johnson, Todd Munkin, Dave Canales, Bobby Slowick, Mike McDonald. There are a lot of people that think Mike McDonald's getting a gig. Who wants that Panthers gig? I mean, there's plenty of people Where, who want a head coaching job in the NFL. It's not like it's no it, one's going to take it. Is the Dan Quinn thing going to happen in Seattle or not? I don't know. I think I think Seattle's a good spot for Vrabel. I really do. They have a, a general manager with a ton of authority. I think that would be, he would be okay with. Yeah. I mean, that's that I think he would he would uh, that, that, respect yeah. and trust. Yes, I, I agree. Chad, respect to Joel Embiid. Seventy. Franchise record for the 76ers. 70 points and a win over the San Antonio Spurs. He's the ninth player to reach the 70-point mark. The 14th 14th 70-point game in NBA history. And just to put it in perspective, 14th game, Wilt Chamberlain 
had six of them, which is crazy to think about. Uh, he also added a career-high 18 rebounds. And maybe the 70-point thing, I always think of Kobe uh, with uh, the crazy game he had against Toronto. 81. 81. Yeah. Uh, this is now the 21st, 21st consecutive 30-point game for Joel Embiid. They beat That's the Spurs in this dominant. game. The Spurs, like 8-36. and 36. I mean, something just uh, horrendous. They it's, won it's, by 10, yes. It's like Detroit Pistons territory. I'm not sure who's got more wins this point. I'm well, sure the, San Antonio does, but not by much. Carl Anthony Towns, who put up 62. Yeah. Guys are going off right now. Also, it's an offensive league, Chad. Yeah. They love their offense in the NBA. They do not love their defense. We know that. Um, props to Joel Embiid also for one of the more terrific quotes in stories. And I, I came across this from 2018 when I saw that he scored 70 points. If you don't follow Trung Fan on what is formerly Twitter, now X, you should. This guy is just loads of information. He'll have historical data. It's not just sports. It's everything. It could be scenes from a movie from years ago and little anecdotes about the production of the movie, all these things. He's a live sports bureau? Is that what you I mean, he's everything. He's just to, Trust stats. me, Trung Fan. Right. T-R-U-N-G, first name, last name P-H-A-N. Trung Fan. He's Canadian. And uh, it's, it's terrific. Anyways, I got this from Trunk Fam. Born in Cameroon, Embiid came to America as a 16-year-old. He had size but no basketball skills. He wrote about how he learned to play for the Players' Tribune. This was in 2018. And here is the quote from the Players' Tribune. So I'm chilling one night. I go on YouTube, and I'm thinking I'm about to figure out this shooting thing. I go to the search box like, how to shoot three-pointers? Nah. How to shoot good form? Nah. <laughs> Then the light bulb went off, man. I typed in the magic words. White people shooting three-pointers. This is from Joel Embiid. Listen, I know it's a stereotype, but have you ever seen a normal 30-year-old white guy shoot a three-pointer? That elbow is tucked in, man. The knees are bent. The follow-through is perfect, always. You know how in America there's always an older guy wearing, like, Everlast sweatshorts at the court? That guy is always a problem. His J is always wet. I seriously got to the league by watching YouTube and living in the gym. There's no other way to explain it. End quote. Wow. That from Joel Embiid. Taking after the white guy in the gym with the Everlast shorts on with the perfect three-point form. Well done, That's Joel legit. Embiid. Uh, well and done. he's right. You know when that guy enters the game. Oh. That looks completely out of place in the game from an athletic standpoint. He's a shooter. You're thinking, you better, you better find that guy behind the three-point arc because he's about to bomb away. Tony Kukoc has entered the game. I love that. How to shoot three-pointers? Nah. How to shoot good form? Nah. Then the light bulb goes off. White people shooting three-pointers was his search on YouTube, and that's how he learned how to shoot. Uh, props to the 76ers for uh, having a player who went for 70, and they win the game. Carl Anthony Towns goes for 62, and the Timberwolves lost. <laughs> that's a tough one. He is – let me see how often that happens. That can't. He is – Oh, there is a, it does happen that often. Uh, there's a long list of players to score 60 in a loss. Is that just uh, I don't know that you can both score 60 plus and keep your teammates involved. <laughs> you know, well, like there's something to be said for teamwork in basketball, and I don't know that you can really do both if you're going off were, for 60 plus. They lost 128, 125. So the, the rest of the team scored half. <laughs> well, this game was, it was at 133, 123. I think yes. he had 70, and it was 130. So it was still somewhat close. Um, I'm, I'm looking now at the overall standings to see who all's worse than the uh, Spurs. The Wizards are 7-35. and 35. The Pistons Chad, I couldn't even tell you. I, I do are 4-39. and 39. Do I know. just like looking up the bad teams. The Spurs are 8-35. and 35. The Trailblazers are 12-30. and 30. Those are the two worst teams in the West. So the Western Conference, last place, Spurs, 8-35. Second to last, Trailblazers, 12-30. But the Eastern Conference has them beat because in their last two spots, they have the 7-35 Wizards and the 4-39 Pistons. The Hornets are 10-31. Not much better. How about the Bucks, who are 30-13 and 13 and they fire? Second place in the East. Adrian Griffin, their first-year uh, head coach in Milwaukee. He's fired. Uh, they fired Budenholzer with a second-round exit, Yes, I think, right, after that? 
just saying he's not the guy to, to get him over the hump, I guess, in that, John in that year. John Horst says, uh, this is a difficult decision to make during the season. We are working immediately towards hiring our next coach. We thank Coach Griffin for his hard work and contributions to the team. And Budenholzer won the title with them, yeah, I believe, yes. as, the, as the coach, yes, he did. right? Yes, he did. Yeah, uh, this, uh, that's... 43 games, first Who year knew the biggest uh, dictator in all of pro sports was the Bucks this, ownership group? This, uh, there's something awry here, right? There's more to this story that we will be reacting to. I don't know. Or maybe they just, uh, he's got a very quick trigger finger, the, the owner with guys, because of Budenholzer and now this. Bigger question, is Mallory Edens, the owner's daughter, still dating Aaron Rodgers? I asked I Brooke, who's our resident Wisconsinite before the show, and she said yes. They are still a thing. Okay. Um, we have not seen or heard from her in a while. Nothing on uh, nothing on Google. I popped Mallory Edens in on Google, and the first thing that appears is uh, the older picture of her and Aaron okay. Rodgers at a game together. There's a dating history for Rodgers from Olivia Munn to uh, I love that uh, when you go to her Wikipedia page, it starts with, I'm sure that she loves this, Mallory Edens. Aaron Rodgers' rumored girlfriend. <laughs> That's her title. Rumored. Can't confirm. Yeah. About Mallory Edens, Aaron Rodgers' rumored girlfriend, revealed that she survived a near-death experience. That's how it begins. Uh, reports are that Doc Rivers is expected to be uh, among those that the Bucks are going to turn to. You know, it's uh, 30 and 13. I like Doc Rivers. I don't know that I, just, I love so him as a coach. Retreads, I just man. like hearing Doc Rivers speak. You finally get a first-year head coach game. in the NBA, and he's he's out in 43 games. But you'll go back to a coach who's been fired how many times? <laughs> you know? Hey, whatever. Got to get that retread back in. Whatever the superstars want, man. The NBA is maybe the chief violator of the retread rule in sports, where there's a lot of retread head coaches. Not a lot of outside-the-box thinking. We've seen more in recent years in the league but they need they need a little bit more of that. Way too many retreads. We'll have on the bus, off the bus uh, coming up, uh, as well as Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. It's just around the corner. This time next week, there will be uh, everyone uh, down in Mobile, some new head coaches as well, all to see the college talent headed to the NFL draft. This is the regular season for scouts, GMs, and personnel departments. Jim Helsick's breaks down. That's straight ahead on Hotline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hot by with that withrow rolls on here at outkick.com slash watch. Chad, CJ Stroud made a platinum contribution to Ohio State's NIL collective. When you think of platinum contribution, like if we were doing this and uh, the offering plate was going around at church and we <laughs> yeah. made a platinum contribution, yep. what would that, what's the range there? Is it uh, $100,000? Is it? <laughs> I think you're putting on a new Narthex to the church. As a platinum contribution, there's okay. some sort of construction you're funding for a platinum contribution. I don't know what the exact dollar the, amount is. So the new gym, the the foundation, communion hall, uh, the official founders club platinum donor means he contributed somewhere between fifty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars. I hear platinum contribution. I, I think, think a million. Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I thought it would, would be have, a lot more than that. I thought it was going to be more than that. Now, uh, who knew C.J. Stroud was so cheap? That's well, my cheap, response but, I mean, to this. But also, like, <laughs> is it, though, if you're a platinum Canning, it's a rookie deal. Oh, his, no. his next contract should be a million. Oh, Once no, he gets he's... that next one, then, then he can give a million. CJ Stroud, let me see what he made, guaranteed. <laughs> you know what a lot of people are going to say, too? Uh, guaranteed $36.2 million. A lot of people are going to say, um, What's he gonna... why don't you use that money for something better than paying college football players <laughs> money while they're in school? Well, the 
I can Ohio guarantee you that's exactly how my wife would respond to this story. How about give that to childhood cancer and not your NIL collective? And my answer is always the same. You, why? Because winning college football teams make people happy. <laughs> that's why. That's right. And Chad, you know what? And, and psychological well-being, mental stability, all those things matter. And if you can be happier because your college football team is better, I say more power to you. And Chad, that's, you, what, that's what C.J. Stroud understands. You know who asks those questions? Uh, fan bases, and there's plenty of them, where your collective either A, doesn't exist, or B, can't compete. <laughs> Yeah, I bet Why there's, use that money for there's fan bases right now not getting a single recruit, probably out there shouting into the wind saying, that's because our fans give to actual charities and not NIL collectives. We're better people than you because we <laughs> give money to the right places, and we'll never win in football because of that. But damn it, we're better people than you are. That's who <laughs> we are. I guarantee you there's a fan base saying that right now. Uh, speaking of good people, Jim Nagy joins us. Reese's Senior Bowl just around the corner. Uh, the NFL will descend this coming weekend on Mobile. And uh, Jim has been, well, he's been busy for a while. And it's finally here, Jim. I uh, hope things are well, man. Thank you for the time. Yeah, things are good. You're not going to hear me complain about being busy. It's, uh, <laughs> That's right. The people in the office might hear me complain, but you guys aren't. Hey, walk us through the process, if you don't mind, uh, of like when everyone arrives, kind of just the, the run of the show, so to speak. What happens on this weekend leading up to all the practices? Sure. We've got, uh, you know, player arrival day is Sunday, but we've got a group coming in this year on Saturday from the West Coast. Michael Penix, quarterback from Washington, will be a part of that group. All the coaches arrive Saturday. Um, so, you know, we've got coaches from 18 different NFL teams coming in this year to be a part of it. Uh, we'll have a big dinner, kind of a big uh, fellowship dinner on Saturday night. These guys get to know each other a little bit before they have to work together all week. Um, last year, was a, it, was, it was a really good night. It was a really fun night, really good uh, – really good brotherhood uh, to get everyone together. And then again, those guys will check in early on Saturday, but they won't go through registration. When everyone shows up on Sunday, all the players will be flying in from all over the country. And again, there's usually about five spots where all these guys are training right now. It's like either South Florida, um, Atlanta, Dallas, Arizona, um, like Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix or, or somewhere down in orange County, Southern California, big group coming in from LA. So uh, they'll be all coming in. Then we got registration when, when guys arrive and that, that process takes a while. They'll get their physicals. They'll have the NFL scouts. will take all their measurements, you know, arm length and wingspan and hand size and all that good stuff. Uh, they'll take some psychological testing. They will do a photo shoot with Panini who is uh, like our official trading card. Uh, it's the NFL's official training. So those guys will leave mobile with their first, uh, first football cards, which is kind of cool. Um, They've got some sit-down interviews with the NFL Network, things of that nature, and then uh, we'll have the we'll have the AFC and NFC Championship games on. We will we will not have orientation, our first orientation, uh, you know, meeting until after that Detroit San Francisco game. When that game's over, that's usually when we launch the meeting, kind of welcoming all the guys to Mobile, introducing them to staff, uh, including their two head coaches. The head coaches will come up and, and say a few words. Um, I'll say more than a few words, and then. Uh, and then we'll hit the ground rolling. And Monday is kind of a big, uh, big meeting day. They'll get with their coaches for the first time, you know, start diving into the playbook a little bit. Uh, we'll get them out to the stadium for what we call a stretch and run period on Monday afternoon where they can kind of get the juices flowing, get the blood flowing after, you know, traveling cross country. And then they'll, they'll start team interviews um, on Monday night. And then then we're into the practice week. So that, that's kind of what the first 48 hours look like when they get to Mobile. How about the interviews for coaches, new head coaches? Are, are there a lot of chats going on uh, behind the scenes in Mobile this tons. time of year? Tons. That's yeah. That's <laughs> that's a big function of the week. The the Senior Bowl is kind of the the unofficial, um, you know, NFL convention, if you will. And uh, with all these head coaching jobs being vacant right now, and and I'm sure a number of them would be filled between now and, and Sunday. Um, I just saw that the Raiders just hired their new GM, so. Um, yeah, there will be a lot of, once you get the head coach on board, right? Like now he's got to put a staff together. So everyone that has a job or doesn't have a job in football will be down here in mobile. And whether it's in coffee shops or bars or restaurants or hotel rooms, I mean, there's a out at the stadium in the team suites. I mean, I think we have 19 teams that have suites out at the stadium. Uh, there's going to be a lot of interviewing going on. There's no question. A lot of, a lot of these staffs are, are going to be put together. Uh, here in Mobile, so that's but, always fun stuff. Jim, there's always a big storyline with the the teams, coaches, whatever. 
Uh, you will have the, the media swarm on many for many reasons with these players, but also it sounds like Jim Harbaugh is going to be the coach of the Chargers. Uh, so maybe you have you have Harbaugh down in Mobile uh, yet again. Wow, yeah, that would be great. I you know I, I don't know if we're going to have the other Harbaugh. I don't I don't know if John's going to make That's it right. down here. He he might be prepping for a game the way the Ravens look, but uh, yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be great to have Coach Harbaugh down here. I just he and I were going back and forth uh, after the national championship game. Um, about JJ McCarthy. And, uh, so it was cool. We hadn't connected all season. And, uh, and so that'd be great. Hopefully he gets the job. I'm pulling for him. That'd be great. How much does the city of mobile just love you guys for what you bring to them <laughs> every year with this event, with the star power and the amount of commerce that comes to that city that is not, you know, the biggest uh, that's going, but it, there's a lot going on while you guys have this event. Well, you know, it, it was really nice that, uh, the city actually recognized the senior bowl today at a, at a city council meeting. The mayor presented us with a, uh, you know, kind of a declaration. They, they are going to declare February 3rd, which is our game day. That's going to be senior bowl day in Mobile, Alabama. So it's cool. It kind of a little ceremony. Um, and again, I, like I said to the, the city council at the meeting this morning, like we're, we're very fortunate. The game's been here 75 years. Um, you know, it means everything to our city. It's a, a huge economic booster for sure, but it's also a big point of pride. I mean, there's there's 32 NFL clubs. We're really the only city in America that has an NFL event on a yearly basis, and we have for you know 75 years now. So, so it is. It's it's part of the fabric of our community. There's a, a real senior bowl family. Um, we're printing credentials behind the screen right now. Nice. Jane Vernell, who's been part of the senior bowl team here for a long time she's printing all the credentials for the media and the, the teams to come down and, and pick up and um it's just a big group effort um and, and again i i'm kind of the face of this thing and, and we talk every week but there's so many people uh they're the reason this game is successful there's so many people um that care so much about this thing that uh we wouldn't be, be able to do it without them uh but i want to get to uh, a couple of the storylines in the league but first just it, it, there's always a, a position group each year at the senior bowl where it, not a surprise, but there's a, a media cycle to it where the, the, the buzz begins uh, in mobile. What position group is that this year aside from quarterback? Well, I think, I think they just based off the, all the media stuff I've been doing the last week or so, everyone wants to talk about the receivers because of the success of the last few years of the guys we've had down here at the senior bowl at that position. I mean, just watching the playoffs over the last couple of weeks, the Puka Nakua's and Rashi Rice and Jaden Reed from Green Bay. I mean, the list is just a great class Flowers, last year. So yeah. everyone, yeah, everyone wants to talk about those guys. So I, and I think this year's class, we've got another really good group of receivers. Um, and then I would say really, you know, we, we can bring the juniors now. We've talked about that on the show. I think that the, the group that probably benefited the most was the defensive back group because we got six of them. Um, so there's, there's, you know, you take six guys that were probably – you know, middle round picks and you, you, you chop them off and you put six, you know, early round guys into that position group. It's certainly more talented. So I think, I think you'll start hearing a lot of those names when we we're coming out of a, out of our practice week. When you see Detroit and you're, you're watching these games, what a story. I mean, it's all, it's just perfect uh, with, with how things have played out here for the fan base. Uh, what do you make of the matchup on Sunday between Detroit and San Francisco? Well, uh, yeah, Detroit's got a chance, man. I mean, I watched that Green Bay game too, and Green Bay, Green Bay had San Francisco, so San Francisco's not unbeatable. Green Bay proved that. I mean, there was there was probably seven or eight plays in, over the course of that game that if Green Bay makes one or two of them, I mean, you can say that about a lot of football games, but I think particularly in that game, um, I, <laughs> I had to listen to a, a buddy of mine from Green Bay vent the other day. I mean, he was not not happy after that game and. If you're if you're in the scouting world, man, and you you're getting a cut of the the players' playoff bonus, yeah, um, those games those games are worth a lot of money to a scout now. Uh, so, but no, I think it's a I think it's a good matchup. I mean, I what I love about Detroit uh, and how they're built is is they run the football, and you know I was a part of some fortunate to be a part of some teams in New England and Seattle that you know we always talk about running the, running the ball travels, and uh, they haven't had to travel yet, so this is the first road game for them, but. When they're running the ball with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, and it's kind of a really contrasting styles, uh, when they're coming off the ball, they're, they're they're they can play with anybody. So it's a they play a good brand of football. Um, you know, Jonah Jackson, their their Pro Bowl guard might be out. That'll be a big blow. Frank Ragnow kind of battled it out in that game the other day. Their their Pro Bowl center, 
Um, so that could, that could impact it, but, uh, but no, man, I think that's going to be a really good football game. And then on the, on the AFC side, uh, you mentioned running the football, Kansas city's running the football. They ran the football against the Buffalo bills defense, uh, this past weekend. And of course, Mahomes is uh, playoff Patrick Mahomes now on the road and, Chad and I were chatting earlier in the show, Jim. This is just a, it feels like a different Lamar Jackson this year with the new offensive play caller. Uh, it, it, you've got Munkin, but you've also got the best receiving core we've seen him paired with. And he's still running it at a very high level, the best at his position to do it. You know, he went through all that stuff in the offseason. Really, over yep. the last probably 18 months, there was a lot of discord there and, and uncertainty. And I think when you reward a guy with a contract like that and give him some stability and some confidence moving forward. I think that can do a lot for a player, especially a quarterback. So I think, I think Lamar is really, you know, he's taking control of the team. You heard his teammates talking about the, the locker, the halftime speech in the locker room. Yeah. Um, and you didn't hear, you didn't hear that about Lamar in the past, you know, that, that he's being more authoritative as a leader. Um, so he's taking control of that football team. He's certainly taking control on the football field. Um, and, and they're going to, they're, they're going to be a hard out. I mean, yes, yes. Kansas city ran the ball the other day, uh, but Baltimore's defensive line, yes, with those guys, it's not the same as Buffalo's. I mean, that's just, I would not expect Kansas city to be able to run the ball like they did on Buffalo. Final thing for you from the league perspective, uh, Bill Belichick, what take it. If you, if you don't mind, take us behind the scenes on what could be the conversations of things he's looking for as to why, if you're interviewing Bill Belichick on a yacht in the Virgin Islands, like it's reported that Arthur Blank did, I don't know the timetable here. I know the Rooney rule and all of that is, is factored in. But what, what do you think Belichick is looking for detail-wise before he becomes the head coach of the Falcons if, in fact, Blank wants to give him that offer? Yeah, I th- <laughs> I've read some things. You know, is Arthur Blank interviewing Bill or is Bill interviewing right. Arthur Blank? it's uh and i think that's a fair point you know i mean what is what does bill have to prove the the interesting thing to me when it all is said and done if he ends up in atlanta is this it, it, did, w- did coach belichick look himself in the mirror um and, and what his roster turned into in new england and why did it turn into that right and i'm not here to right cast cast any judgments but uh, you know bill bill belichick didn't forget how to coach um, you just look at what his rosters were like when they were winning Super Bowls and what they were here at the end. I mean, they're not even close. So um, I think he can still coach. Now, is he at a point where he will relinquish some of the personnel control? And if he is, that's an attractive job for a personnel guy because, I mean, all you can want as a personnel guy is to hand good players off to a guy that's going to coach him up and get the best out of them. And to me, I've always said this, working for scouting for the Patriots is always a great job because Bill would always say, you give me one or two things. You tell me one or two things a guy can do, and it's my job to figure out a way for them to get that out of him. And he always did. He always did, whether it was a slot receiver that, you know, could get open and catch the football or whatever it was. Like, you gave him a couple of things, he would get it out of that player. So that will be – what's the dynamic in the front office look like? Is, is Bill still going to be the guy that's that's calling all the shots, or is, or is he going to cede some of that control – to maybe someone that he's worked with in the past. Um, so th- to me, that's that's the intrigue surrounding it. It's also just, I'm, I'm intrigued just with the guys that are already in, in place. You know, Terry Fontenot and uh, you've got Rich yep. McKay. Like it, all of that's the dynamic too that I'm sure they're trying to, to figure out if they're going to land sure. Belichick. But they've, they've, you know, they've had nine or ten interviews with some really young coaches that are not down, yeah. the, down the path of what Belichick would represent or Vrabel or Harbaugh. I'm just... I'm wondering what Bill is 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 thinking because you're right. I do think he's doing more of the interview than than vice versa, especially with the GM and the president. But it it is two divergent paths, right? Yeah. It's two clear choices. You, Bill Belichick and uh, you know, Ezra Avero from from the Panthers defensive core, like the, Bobby Slowick from the right. Tech, that's that's two completely different franchise paths. So, um, and again, we'll see. It, it'll be it'll be interesting. You know, there there's been a lot coming out. Well, I guess we'll. We'll sit here, and hopefully by Sunday, the uh, Atlanta Falcons will have a head coach when they come to Mobile. Hey, so, uh, Chad, the, the quarterback list for the uh, Senior Bowl, we've got Sam Hartman, uh, Bo Nix, Carter Bradley from South Alabama, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, Michael Pratt from Tulane, and Michael Penix Jr. A lot of interest in that group. That, that's a good one to have there, Jim. Yeah, you, you guys, quarterbacks drive the bus, right? Especially in the in the media world, those are the guys that get the clicks and everyone talking, so – 
Uh, it's a good group. It's a really good group. You know, I, we had Bo Nix in the office yesterday. We had a little uh, local media day down here and Bo came down for it. And, and again, I, there's no secret that if we were going to have a good game this year at the senior bowl, we needed guys like Bo Nix sure. and Michael Penix in the game. So, uh, you know, part of, part of my job is to sell tickets as well. I'm not just a, right. a football guy anymore. I, I wear a lot of hats and one of them is ticket salesmen. So we need to, we need to fill that stadium. And guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix, and Spencer Rattler and Joe Milton. I mean, no, that whole class, Michael Pratt, um, they certainly do that. Chad, we should just hop hop in a car and go down there. That sounds like fun. Cedar Actually, when I heard about the coffee shops and the bars being filled with <laughs> NFL people, college people, let's do it. Hey, I'm sure you're busy next week. Uh, I'll go ahead and presume this. But uh, uh, hopefully we can recap everything and get some of your feedback on uh, those that have been invited and the big takeaways from the week. <laughs> Yeah, that would, that would be great, guys. Yeah, a week from now we'll be we'll be uh, probably leaving the practice field a right. week from now. So uh, it, next week's going to be a little hard, but the next week, yeah, I'd love to come on and cool. recap. Uh, just talk about all the guys that really helped themselves for the draft. Love it. Thank you so much, Jim. We really enjoy this. Yeah, thanks, Jim. All right, all right, guys. And have and best of luck and success with what has been a well planned event. And I, I've said it. I'll say it again. This is better than the combine. You get more out of it. Guys are going to be pads. For practice. You know what else is better? Weather. Weather's better. Oh, well, you're right about that, too. I, I don't think we've ever seen the sunshine in Indy when we've covered a, a combine. Not just because we're you're using right. all those indoor I've, walkways to go downtown. We actually step foot outside, and we never see the sunshine. Yeah. We would. Uh, the sun is shining right here in studio because it's time for on the bus, off the bus with Davey Hudson. Got the glasses on. I do, guys. I, you mentioned Indy. We're not starting there. I don't even think we're going to actually drive through it. But they did extend the combine through 2025. I think that came down within yes. the last week. So uh, weather, weather's not. By the way, joke. NFL people love the combine being in Indy because of the familiarity with it, because well, of everything being tight together downtown, and it's an of easy, everything they need. They love it. It's an easy trip for them too. Yes, it's You're it's have to go as close to the middle of the country yeah. as, as you can get for a lot of people. Yep. You guys mentioned weather. We're going to be starting in Buffalo, New York. It's probably a tearful Tuesday up there, especially for those fans. They're yes. probably still digging themselves Woeful Wednesday out tomorrow. of <laughs> what has been feet and feet of snow. Traumatic Thursday upcoming. But, guys, we, we start this because the Bills, their Super Bowl window is officially over. Fearful Friday. No, I'm off, no, it's, I'm, I'm off the bus. I'm off this. the bus with, uh, with this as well, Chad. I, I'm with you what you said yesterday about Allen. It is going to be a fearful Friday coming up, though. It it's going to be um, a sad Saturday. And um, sobbing it's Sunday. going to be sorrowful sobbing, Sunday. Sorrowful Sunday, sobbing Sunday. It's going to be all those things. It's going to be a winter of discontent in Buffalo. And it's always a winter of discontent in Buffalo. There's nothing new there. Uh, there's also nothing new with this team being a factor next year in the foreseeable future. They got to tweak some things. They got to get a little bit younger on defense. They've got some issues there, but even with Stefan Diggs falling off and, and that issue, you got Shakir getting better as the year went on. I think he's going to be a factor for that offense. And you got the quarterback. I was talking with my brother-in-law that I referenced a lot. And my one word of encouragement was, here's what you have to hang your hat on. You have the quarterback. That guy is ridiculous. He is going to get it done eventually. As long as he's there, as long as they can continue to build around him and be smart, which I think they have been, Hutton, I don't think their window's closing anytime soon. Well, I mean, I don't know how wide open it is, though. Six years with Josh Allen, they've been to one AFC championship game. I wonder, what, is the window not closing for Josh Allen? Is it closing for Sean McDermott? That, that's the next thing. Next year, they've got Diggs with a, a huge contract with dead money if they wanted to trade him. Like there's, a, there's a big cap figure there. The out for Stefan Diggs is after next season, contractually, after his extension. Josh Allen's going to count a lot more against the cap next season than he did this past season. And they have an aging team. They've got to... It's not just make a couple of tweaks. I mean, they, they have to really dial it in but Josh Allen allows you to do that. They just lost way too many games this year where I wanted to buy in, but I didn't. And the Chiefs kept but winning I, games. I do like the, the fact Chiefs kept that winning games where I didn't want to buy in, even though they continued to have the success. I do like the fact that when they had to get those games, they did. The Bills came through in the clutch late yeah. in the season to get their, all the way to a two seed. I know, I know. In the, in the AFC, and, which, which gives me encouragement. And I'll, I'll go back to my comparison from yesterday. 
And I believe Josh Allen is the modern day Peyton Manning for not being able to go over the hump. Six years into Peyton Manning's career, he had not won a single playoff game. Josh Allen has won five so far. It is not too late for him by any stretch of the imagination. Peyton figured it out and started beating the best teams in the league. I think Josh Allen will do the same. And I want that to happen for Buffalo, for Bills fans. Guys, for a team looking to make the college football playoff, we're going to head down to Columbus. And as we look at Ohio State, we've seen they've been willing to spend the money to go out and get the players necessary to where they can finally get over the hump and beat Michigan. It also helps, as we've been discussing, Jim Harbaugh likely done as the Wolverines head coach. So I ask you this, Ohio State beats Michigan and Columbus this fall. Hell yes, I'm on the bus on this. Ohio State is stopping at nothing to destroying Michigan this year. Michigan does not have the same team coming back. This is a rebuilding year for Michigan. I'm not going to I'm not saying they're having to blow it up and start over. They've got talent on the roster, but all of that leadership is gone. All of those star players are gone. You look at what Ohio State has added. Caleb Downs on defense yeah. and safety. Quinshawn Judkins, an electric change of pace, faster running back that I think they lacked this last year. They've gone all in on the transfer portal. Um, quarterback should not be an issue, whether it be Walker Howard or Julian Sayan or Devin Brown or whoever. They've got enough talent there. I think they blow the doors off of Michigan in Columbus this year. Hutton, this is a reckoning not unlike Jim Harbaugh taking a pay cut because he couldn't beat Ohio State and then coming back and started beating them regularly after doing that. I think the tide is now going to turn in Ohio State's favor. I'm on the bus with with Ohio State beating Michigan. I'm not on the bus, though, with Ryan Day keeping his gig. There's there's something about the just the dynamic of the on the hot seat, despite how dominant they've been, except for losing to Michigan. With the with the new teams coming in to the Big Ten, knowing that we're expanding the college football playoff, his job just got a lot harder, not easier, even with Harbaugh and company leaving Ann Arbor. I they're gonna be great. The question is, is Ryan Day gonna be great? Well, or is he going to get pissed off at Lou Holtz? If he's not, I know you're on the bus with them winning this game, but if he's not and they lose this game, he's gone. He's, yeah, absolutely. He's gone. They've, they've already let the uh, wolf in sheep's clothing in, Bill O'Brien, sitting, sitting right there in the wings. Elevate him. Yes. Now, hey, Mike Vrabel is available also. Ohio State alum. Guys, moving right along, we're going out to Kansas City. There's been a lot of speculation about Travis Kelsey and his future. We've seen Jason, Jason Kelsey's announced that he's retiring, but – Travis is also going to retire after this season. I mean, Michelle Tafoya says so. I guess I should be on the bus with that, but I'm not. I'm off the bus. And here's why. It's not that she's getting bad info. I, it, all that Tafoya has said is that he's looking at his future plans. This feels like a Rob Gronkowski-type saga that's starting. I know he's 33. I know we don't know how he's about to go out. Would he go out winning the title? Would he go out... Losing in the AFC Championship game, I, I, certainly a lot hinges on Taylor Swift too. But Travis Kelsey feels like a guy that's going to come back for another year with Patrick Mahomes. That's the vibe. And I mean, has anyone has anyone's Q rating skyrocketed more of the last six months than this guy ever? I mean, he's coming back for another round with that. Pfizer's going to pay him to come back. I am um, I'm shocked I'm saying this. I'm on the bus. I, I think he's going to step away. I, I was on the bus initially that I really thought that he and Taylor Swift was real, that it was actually a real relationship. And I think that Travis Kelsey is just someone who has a ton of other interests. He's hosted SNL. Hutton mentioned he's a Pfizer spokesperson now. He's a spokesperson for countless other products out copy. there. Um, I think that, you know, he's got the podcast with his brother that does very well. Now he's got a, a superstar pop celebrity billionaire as his girlfriend, possible future wife, maybe. And I, I don't know. I think there's enough out there that anybody in sports, and I'm the same way, we always are shook, we're thrown off when someone seemingly at the height of their powers that can still go out and score two touchdowns would decide to walk away from the sport. Barry Sanders did it at the top of his game. Calvin Johnson did it. Travis Kelsey strikes me as a guy who just might do it. 
I don't know that he needs football the same way he once needed football. I think he retires at the end well, of the year. I the, really do. And he's at the age now. I mean, Gronk was doing it a little bit earlier, right? He's yeah. doing like 31. He's 33, Kelsey. Um, and, I mean... He his, could still be great. With hey. his brother also retiring, you could have another I'm Peyton Eli-type deal. Uh, for, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Peacock being in discussions with them about doing something for Sunday Night Football. That's a, a Kelsey cast. That's just like the Manning cast. I, I'm telling you, yeah. I think he's done. I'm on the bus. So, okay... I can be on the bus with it that I think he will retire. I just think he's going to come back and play. At That's right. Yeah. No, I mean, if he announces his retirement, I mean, Brady even announced his retirement and came back several months later. And Gronk so. has done it, certainly. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right on that one, guys. Uh, we're coming back through. Chad, you actually mentioned Mike Vrabel a little bit earlier, but uh, I'm assuming he's still living here in Nashville. So, that's where we're going to stop for this next uh, location. But Mike Vrabel is not a head coach in the NFL next season. I'm off the bus on this. I, I still think there's enough availability out there, even though I gave you all the head coaching spots earlier. I think Seattle makes a lot of sense for him. Hutton, I, I think Washington makes some sense also. If Atlanta decides to go in a different direction, I think Vrabel makes sense there. I still feel like when musical chairs, the music stops, he's going to have a seat somewhere. I'm off the bus as well because I think the guy wants to coach. All of a sudden, business is picked up on his interview circuit. Uh, the Chargers seem to be sealing the deal with uh, Jim Harbaugh. Atlanta is interesting because he's scheduled to interview with them this week. And then there's Seattle with uh, strong organizational uh, uh, policy and, and uh, uh, general manager ties. So I'm off the bus, Davey. I think uh, we're going to see Mike Vrabel as a head coach in the NFL. What we're not going to see, we're not going to see him in Carolina. Yep. Uh I don't know about his ties to the new general manager um, in Washington. And beyond that, I mean, the, the shocker would be something in Buffalo, but that's not going to happen, it doesn't feel like. So, yeah, I, I think it's either going to be Seattle or Atlanta. And uh, I'll be, I've, I've even heard someone mention that he would be the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick, if you can believe that. I, but if you, Dan, the, the question was head coach. I'm off the bus. I think yeah. he's a head coach next year. I do too. I'll go on the record. If Dan Quinn is the head coach in Seattle, I do not think Vrabel is a head coach next year, and he'll take the D.C. job in Dallas. Or he'll take the head coaching job at Ohio State after Ryan Day's fired if he loses to Michigan next year. So many possibilities for Mike Vrabel out there. So many. Do whatever he wants. Yep. Be off in the room. All right, tomorrow we've got to talk about Netflix. Five billion for uh, WWE. And the future of streaming live sports yes. is about to turn. They're about to jump in for the college football playoff, too. Back at it tomorrow.